Hi, I'm Peggy Goldstein. I'll be reading from Psalm 8, verses 1 to 9. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Hey, Grace242. For most of my life, my mom has been the music director at the church I grew up in. And so as a kid, I was exposed to all sorts of Christian music. We'd be driving and my mom would be listening to a sampler cassette tape of choral music, hoping to find the next addition to the repertoire of Higham Reformed Church Choir. And I remember not liking most of the music my mom was listening to. It was boring choral music. But I do remember one upbeat little number that I liked that went just like this. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. And then they go, oh Lord, and the keyboard would go, dun, 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 dun. We magnify your name, Prince of Peace, mighty God. Oh Lord, God Almighty. And they go, dun, 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 dun. Now I thought that song was by Michael W. Smith, but when I looked, all I could find was a version done by Sandy Patty. I think what happened is Michael W. Smith is the writer of the song and then Sandy Patty is the performer. But I bring up that song because the lyrics of that song are the opening words to Psalm 8. And I also remember having to memorize Psalm 8 as a class growing up in Oostburg Christian School. But nonetheless, today we're going to turn our attention to Psalm 8. If I were to give Psalm 8 a nickname, I would call it a soundtrack for stargazing. I mean, just look at the title of Psalm 8. It says, For the Choir Director, a Psalm of David to be accompanied by a stringed instrument. And I imagine David looking up at the night sky, composing and performing this song as an act of worship to God. Look at verse 3. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. Theologian John Calvin in his commentary on the Psalms says that the Psalms are an anatomy of the soul. For there is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that is not here represented as in a mirror. David is looking up at the night sky and he's marveling at God's handiwork. And the mirror for us in this case is that at one point or another, we've all been in David's shoes, looking up at the night sky, marveling at God's creation. Perhaps we've been camping somewhere in a spot where there's little light pollution and we see all of the stars in the sky. Our master bedroom in the bathroom has a skylight that looks up at the night sky. And, and even though you're only looking at a fraction of the sky, sometimes if I have to wake up in the middle of the night, I look up through that skylight and you can see so many stars just through this little window into the sky. 
at one point or another, we've all looked up at the night sky and thought, wow, God. And I imagine David looking up at the night sky and repeating verses 1 and 9. He's saying, oh, Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than these heavens that I'm staring at right now. In 1996, astronomers pointed the Hubble Space Telescope at a patch of sky that appeared to be empty. Over the course of 10 days, the telescope captured this image, which is now known as the Hubble Deep Field Image. Every spot, speck, and dot that you see in this image is a galaxy, not a star, a galaxy. And each galaxy contains hundreds of billions of stars. But here's the kicker. The portion of the sky from which this image is captured is the size of Roosevelt's eye on a dime held at arm's length. Now go back to verse 3. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. And to think that God is the one who sets each and every one of these stars in their place. And even more, he sets them in their place by breathing out. His spirit, his ruach in the Hebrew, breathes out and the galaxies and the stars spring into place in obedience to his speaking. There's a line from the song, So Will I, that I love, and it goes like this. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath and if the stars worship so So David is looking up at the stars and he's saying, Oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. He's overwhelmed with God's majesty and transcendence, which is prompting him to contrast the transcendence of God with our small little place as humans. He's marveling at how amazing and big and powerful God is, and he's contrasting God's power and might and majesty and transcendence with our small, feeble, tiny place as humanity. Look at Psalm 8 verse 4. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them? When the space probe Voyager 1 passed the planet of Saturn, it reached the end of its official journey through the solar system. NASA then commanded Voyager 1 to turn its camera back toward the solar system, and the image it captured has become known as the pale blue dot. The dot in this image is Earth, shown from 3.7 billion miles away. The image was captured on February 13, 1990, and Voyager was so far away that it took until May 1, 1990, for all the images to reach Earth. Using modern imaging software, astronomers have cleaned up the image, rendering Earth more visible. The pale blue dot reduces the entire planet of Earth to a single pixel. And it's no wonder that David looks at the incomprehensible vastness of God's creation and says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. David's stunned, wondering how a God who is so transcendent could care at all about puny, seemingly inconsequential humans. But as David marvels at God's creation in the night sky, he's reminded of the creation event 
which shows God's care for humanity. Look at what David says in the next verses and be thinking about the creation event as we read Psalm 8 and we'll read verses 4 through 8. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. In verse 5, David says, You crown them with glory and honor. This crowning reflects human beings being made in God's image. Let's look at Genesis 1, verses 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What does it mean for humans to be made in the image of God? It means that God is choosing to rule his creation through humans. God is crowning humanity by extending his authority to them to exercise over creation. Now go back to Psalm 8 and we'll read verses 6 to 8. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. God places humans in charge of his creation. God extends his authority to humans who then exercise that authority over creation. Now look back again at Genesis 1 and we'll read verses 28 to 30. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Next to God's majesty and power, what are human beings that you should care for them? Next to God, who spoke the stars into place, who are humans, these specks on a pale blue dot that you should even think about them? Well, the answer is, they are God's authority agents extensions of his rule and reign over the very globe that God's fingers put into place. Do you see what God is doing here? He's elevating the lowly. He's up to his typical ways of doing things atypically. Because he is choosing to rule his creation through, to use David's words, mere mortals. God chooses to rule through mortals, through humans. Here's another picture taken from Voyager 1. This is the first picture taken to include both the Earth and the Moon in a single frame. Now think about all the efforts that were taken by NASA just to get this picture. And yet, this picture is only a microscopic little corner of the universe. And there we all are, the entire population of humanity on that small blue globe. Yet the God who set both the moon and the earth in place chooses to rule his creation through us? These are the upside down, unexpected, atypical ways of our God. 
And this ought to highlight all the more our praise for him because we serve a God who does things unexpectedly, atypically, upside down. Now let's look at verse 2 of Psalm 8 again. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Here's God elevating the lowly again, because who are the ones who are declaring his strength? Kids and babies. God's strength is declared through children and infants. God's strength is declared through the weak. Now turn to Matthew 21. This is the triumphal entry. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem as a king would parade into a city, but the display of kingship is all wrong. Jesus is riding on a humble donkey, and those lining the road are waving palm branches. Jesus rides into Jerusalem, and he goes straight into the temple where he lays a kingly claim to the temple by driving out all the commerce, trade, and marketing. Now let's pick it up in verse 14, and we'll read Matthew 21, verses 14 to 16. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the Son of David! But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, You have taught children and infants to give you praise. This is the kind of king whom we worship. One who elevates the lowly. One who rules his creation through humanity. One whose strength is declared through children and babies. One who rides into the city on a donkey. And one who conquers death by dying. Look back at Psalm 8 verse 2. Jesus rides into the temple where children sing his praise. And a week later, Jesus would die on the cross. Now look at verse 2 of Psalm 8. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. How does God display his strength? By remaining on the cross until he dies. How does God conquer his enemies? By dying at the hands of his enemies. This is the God who we worship and praise, that the same God whose fingers set the moon, the stars, and the earth in place, the same God whose power and might and majesty are painted in the skies, is the same God who rules creation through lowly humans, is the same God who declares his strength through kids and babies, is the same God who silences death by dying. This is why we declare, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name, fills the earth. See you next time, Grace 242.